The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota, and I love talking about women in agriculture. The women of Common Ground Minnesota are volunteers who are volu- you know, taking their time to chat with you about what it's like to live on a farm and grow food in Minnesota. Here's some really great news about this group. They have just launched a newsletter that you can basically sign up for at commongroundminnesota.com, and you get the latest you know, events, giveaways, delicious recipes, all sorts of great stories from the farm. And I got to tell you, it's just a really cool thing to get into your inbox every month. And it's it's kind of an, a way in. If you're wondering, like, I don't know what I'm going to ask when I go to Common Ground, Minnesota. Well, this is just an introduction and a way to get you guys to meet the farmers at Common Ground, Minnesota. The Common Ground Minnesota volunteers, remember, their goal is to be a resource for your food and farming questions. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at Common Ground, M-I-N-N, CommonGroundMinnesota.com. What time is it? everybody, welcome to the Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Stephanie March. And we are here to delight you with scores of tales. Scores! Of, scores of tales. tales I of like food that. And it's a nice cocktails and yeah. all the good things. It's kind of spooky season. It's beginning to be spooky season. It's weird because when we left on the trip, which was two Saturdays ago, right after the radio show, it was like... The end of summer, right? But not fall. But now, like, it's full-on fall. And in various places where I've been, like, obviously Las Vegas, it was 95 degrees. Yeah. But in Aspen, at the campground, we woke up one morning and it was 28. Because we were up in the mountains wow. and it was chilly. Wow. So it was, like, fallish different places yeah. and then desert other places. Yeah, it was... Uh, I, and it's I, been warm here, hasn't it? It's, it? You know, it's been kind of a great week. It's Good. been pretty chill and not, like... I mean, it's pants weather again. You pants. know, sweatshirts and stuff. Pants. My favorite pants. is where it's, like, pants but flip-flops. You know, like, it's kind of both. We're not using Sweat the word jackets, though, are we? I don't even know what that is. Oh, good, because that means you wouldn't use that word. No. That is the new buzzword. Like... It's not a jacket, but it's not a sweater. It's like a shacket. Like Wouldn't a, that be a swacket? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like a be? flannel jacket. Oh, like a sweatshirt. Oh, maybe a... Yeah, that should be a swacket. This friend of mine is a copywriter, and oh. the company she works for has to say shacket a lot. And I was like, if you ever, no. in my presence, use that word... And she and I just laugh. That's pretty funny. Yeah. No, I'm in. I'm in and I'm into like, do I made chili this week. Oh, 
You know what I mean? I like, do know what you made mean. Made the chili. I'm actually thinking about cooking some stuff for my neighbors to go say hi. I'm thinking pumpkin stuff. Yeah, it might have to be a pumpkin bread moment. It might. I'm thinking it. And so, I don't know. I mean, I'm in. And and then, and this is so off topic for food, but I'm just going to tell you that I, so I hosted uh, Lori Imagine and Imagine that. I know, shocking for us. Last night, um, I hosted Lori and Julia with Brittany, and it was really fun, but she tipped me off to like a new spooky show and I'm super in. <laughs> I'm already what, like in. Like what? Like where they make spooky things? No, 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 no. No, I mean like it's like it's on Netflix. It's it's called Midnight Mass and it's like oh. the house on Haunted Hill or whatever. Yep. That it's the same people oh, we and like the that. same yeah, yeah. It's the same vibe and I got into it last night and I was like we are in spooky season. Like okay. I almost feel like you have to have a bowl of chili if you're watching those like dark, yeah, supernatural, movie. you know, atmosphere. Yes, like ghosty things. Yep. I'm all in for that. So I like it. Yeah. I, I also watched the Britney Doc. I don't know if you've seen if you saw the first New York Times Britney Doc. This is the second New York Times Britney Doc. It's called the it's about the conservatorship and it is mind blowing. She was literally like a sir, a slave. She was not a slave as much as a prisoner. Yeah, thank you. She was Better basically, uh, yeah. And to think that this is these were people who were like, I mean, they treated her like subhuman almost. Like she wasn't. They treated her like a five year old. Yeah, literally said she can't make any decisions and she also can't have any like she can't even. They had li- they listened in on all her stuff. Spoiler, and like texts and everything they were monitoring and didn't they make her get like birth control too well they did i don't know how that all played out but i'm just right but mostly the whole thing of that they completely had monitored her phone and they she didn't know it yeah that's, that's weird. the worst part they, i mean it's gross it's super gross and then I, they isolated her anyway yeah no watch that's it. A- go watch it it's on the it's on hulu right now so you can get it if you miss it on i started watching the great british breakoff season nine have you really <laughs> i mean that's a thing right? kurt said he goes you know it's kind of like they have the same formula. Yeah. Like they have kind of the older gray haired woman. They have the older engineering guy. They always have like the young gay man. They have like the quirky weird girl. Yeah. You know, and he's like, but it does work. Like, and you find yourself getting completely sucked in again. Yeah. So, yeah, we started watching that. Okay. And- I haven't watched any of those. Like none of them. You know what else? Is- and I know I would get sucked in. I know it. you would. I know it. And, and I'm not against it. Better, like in terms of competition shows, they're not creating weird drama. Oh, like good. it's just literally what it is. What it is, which is so refreshing. Yeah. And the people kind of root for each other. Yeah, like they're not like giving you the backstory where everyone's mom's dying of cancer. And oh, that's there. like the making it show, you know, with like where everyone is like friends and they're all like, you know, like yeah. oh, that was so great. I really loved what you did, but like mine was better. You and know? the personalities are not like the show either. It's the what they're doing that's the show. That's yeah. why it's kind of fun, I think. Oh, that is new. That's um, nice. So you probably, I think, would like it in that way. But yeah, once you get in. Yeah, I just, and it's not, again, it's more of the fact of like, I know that once I get in, I'll go all the way in. And right. then I've just got a lot of other things I want to watch and okay. do. As long as we're talking about TV, can okay. we just keep going? Sure. Okay, Ted Lasso. I haven't watched it. Apple Plus. I don't even, I have Apple Plus because I got an iPad for Christmas and it came with it. Yeah. It's weirdly compelling and oddly cute. They're half-hour shows. It's about a guy who goes to England to coach a soccer team. Sure. And he's kind of a rube from, you know, Wichita or wherever, some back hole place in America. And in the beginning, you're just like, okay, this is so hokey and dumb. 
But the more you get, the more you watch, the characters become all sort of lovable, yeah. even if they're hateful. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of oddly working. They're calling it the good the good guy show. And they're saying that there's it's a it's really like good guys kind of prevail. And they're saying that they're saying in development, there's a whole bunch of now Ted Lasso type shows in development in terms of like celebrating non-toxic male behavior. Well, because we did, you know, we've had billions and we've had succession and we've had just all this. And they're all still out there. It's not like they went away, yo. But it's just nice to have other things in the mix. And then, of course, there's already the backlash from people like, I just don't want any more, you know, low, you know, low drama shows. It's like there's plenty of high drama shows for you. It's just nice to have something in the mix. Well, and I wouldn't even say it's low drama for me. You know, we went for so long without any written script of anything. It was just let's throw all these people in a room and let them fight it out. Like the whole reality of reality television and how everything was a competition show. And I mean, these shows are scripted. They're written. They have a beginning, a middle and an end. That's nice. Yeah. No, I'm seeing that's the thing is I think that's why I don't like the baking shows. And I mean, all the all the reality contest shows. It only takes me so far, I feel like. And that's why they have to create this drama because you're kind of, you know, you're like, and to me, it's like, I'd rather have the fictional drama, which is then, you know, plotted and it's like created and crafted instead of just trying to make people hate each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do know what you mean. And I wonder why, like, baking is sort of dramatic in and of itself. Right. Why? Well... Right, it, like what is the it? drama is literally in like when they're baking the, the stuff, oven? and yes, <laughs> and like the cake falls or they're rolling the Swiss roll and it cracks, and so yeah, it is interesting that there is drama there, but it's not like fake drama. It's just kind of watching this thing go awry. Yeah, and you like cake wrecks. I mean, that was a. Was that a show? No, no, no. I don't know. But no, remember, no, no. you liked a, the um, oh, Instagram insta- where all the it was a it will it started on Twitter, and so it was like a Twitter thing where they would post a picture of a really horrible. But that's been years. I haven't looked back at that in a long time. You used to be on that all the time because it was hysterical. But that that was where they would go and find <laughs> grocery store cakes that had misspellings on them, or yes, that were like yes. you know when they did like the Cookie Monster face, but then they made it brown and it just looked like a big piece of poop. It was just amazing, <laughs> you know. I mean that. Was was like that was high humor you know but yeah no i'm not again not against baking love to bake yeah. just like you know i yeah. think you'd like it i know okay well there you go There's we got our... a good show today too yeah. we're gonna talk with jess fleming about booyah i hope i hope too <laughs> yeah. my guest i've booked a couple weeks ago uh, emily vicre from uh vicre distilling and her cookbook camp cocktails we're gonna talk with her hopefully hopefully so if not you know we got plenty to talk about yeah uh, we are going to take a break. You are listening to The Weekly Dish presented by our friends at Knob Creek, Maker's Mark, Hornitos, and we have a new one, Hayden Basil. Basil Hayden. Come back. Basil, Basil Hayden. Hayden. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Uh, thanks for joining us on this Saturday. Yeah. Um, there's there's a yellow line there, and I was like, am oh. I supposed to wait to talk until that yellow line? I don't know. I don't we know started either. talking TV. Um, we did. We have a caller on the line who has yeah. a question. Hi, it's, or is it Ryan? Hi, Ryan. Hello. Hi. We wanted to get your comments about the TV chat. Yes. So I watch both of those shows, and I just made Ted Lasso's uh, shortbread biscuits for people at work the other day, and people who are bakers probably are not surprised by this, but they were surprisingly easy to make. 
Okay, oh, so yeah. shortbread is pretty easy, and he makes these every day for his mean lady boss, and oh, she really? can't figure out where he's getting these delicious biscuits, and it turns out he's making them. I didn't know they'd publish the recipe. That's cool. I don't think that it was an official recipe. I just found something online that was someone who was trying to mimic it, but I made them um, on Thursday night, took them into work for a friend of mine at work who's also a fan of the show, put them in a Tupperware, wrapped them up in pink paper, and she <laughs> wouldn't open the box all day because it just made her so happy just to look at the little pink box on Cute. it. So I gave, I gave her the extras. Um, oh, my God, so how great. Could, so that she could at least taste them. You're a good coworker. I love this about you. Thanks for calling in, Ryan. Yep, have a good day. Yeah, that's, that's fun. Because he starts every day, he brings this little pink like jewelry box. To the boss and biscuits with the boss, he calls it. And she does not want to talk to him, does not want to hang out with him, but he slowly wins her over. Of course, yeah. And yeah, biscuits with the boss. Yeah, biscuits with the boss. I was thinking your interns should be bringing you biscuits and. No, no, let's not do that. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly how she is, Stephanie. She's like, well, this is really nice, but I don't have time for you today. Yeah. Like, that's exactly how she is, which is funny. That is funny. That was your reaction. So. Uh Steph, I thought about you because there's Oktoberfest happening all over the country. And, of course, you are German and you celebrate Oktoberfest, which is in September, not October. (laughs) You're wearing lederhosen at home. I'm wearing lederhosen right now, folks. This is not true. Um, I've been talking about Oktoberfest for like three days now. I bet. I mean, it's just been like a media onslaught for it. But it's good because there's a lot of fun stuff happening in town. A lot of great, and I do think that this is a great opportunity for breweries to be able to do something that's a little bit, you know, like to bring people back in and to kind of celebrate. They've, they haven't had that much, you know, yeah, traffic no, back. Yeah, we've been and, kind of lurching forward and stepping back and yeah, lurching forward it feels and like. stepping back. So it feels like good that they're able to put some tents up and do some things. And so I'm going to give you guys some quick so highlights, I think maybe the top three that I would go to. Okay. And then I want to talk a little bit about some recipes because I've also feeling like I should go make some stuff at home. Please. Um, okay. So I'm going to tell you that the Fulton Brewery one is happening. It started last night. Here's what I love about this. At, they're doing it at the production brewery. So the one in Northeast, not yeah. the one in the North Loop, but the yep. one in Northeast, kind of by Jack's. Um, it's where they end up with the Grand Fondo yes. bike race. And that's also a today, like a discussion about the Grand Fondo. But nonetheless, they're doing, here's what they did. They partnered with the Gasthof people. Oh, yeah. Because Gasthof they sold. Zemutlichkeit. Yeah, the Zemutlichkeit, who sold um, you know, the building. And so the Gasthof people kind of like have all the stuff. In a weird way, I feel like they have all the bins full of flags and everything else. And so they partnered with Fulton and they're doing it in their big brewery parking lot. And I love the fact that they've set up a huge tent. They've got the bunting and the flags. They've got huge tables. This is not like, hey, throw up some stanchions and some hay bales and maybe put on like some German accordion music. This is legit. Like it looks really good. And they're doing not only do they have Fulton beer, which is, of course, great, but they brought in because they're doing it in the brewery production space and not the tap room space. Right. They can have other people, they can have other beers on site. And so they're doing, well, it's a party too, and it's in the parking lot. But they've got Hawker Shore and Paul Anner from Germany. They've got those beers there available. They've got, you know, tons of food. They've got dancing. They've got all sorts of stuff. They've got Dom Fork Distillery doing cocktails. I love that. This is brilliant. So then this is my thing for a lot of people who are like, well, I want to go to Oktoberfest and party, but like, I don't really like a lot of beer. But I, if you love a cocktail, you should go to the Fulton party. Yeah. It's super, super Those Dom Fork cocktails are no joke. Oh, I love them. 
that gin that I got and I was drinking this summer. Oh, yeah. Oof. I know. I've They're sort of my secret little spot now in St. Louis Park. I love them. Um, <clears throat> so that's one of the ones. The other one I love is the Waldman. And I talked a little bit about this last night. But Waldman is like, you know, the, is like a super, they're, they're German all year long. You know what I mean? Like they're doing sausages and pretzels and all stuff all year long. And so then when, you know, Oktoberfest comes, they just dial it up. And they've got a big old tent going on their beer garden. And they've got, you know, it's just this cute little place in St. Paul. Um, and they've just got lots of games and everything else. There's five bucks to go, you know, but fun. I mean, I think it's really good. Udapil's also kind of a top tier one. This is their second weekend. Um, they are, you know, of course, they just, I mean, like, they have all the fun games. And they're doing, like, costume contests, pretzel eating contests, stein holding, all I'm the stuff. I'm getting the notifications on my neighborhood app, like, where's the music coming from? Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, God, really? How do they not know? I'm it's like, an oompa pa They've got brass bands and polka bands at Uda Pills. So Great. I think that that is definitely a party spot that people have to hit. Um, and then, of course, the big one is going to be out at Shells, and that you have time for that. That's October 9th, and that's the all-day New Ulm on fire with the Oom Papa, you know, Ziggy Zacky, Ziggy Zacky. And it's just like... I, I mean, have no idea what you just did. Zika Zacky? No. So when you're you're doing your singing and your things, and then you go, Ziggy Zacky, Ziggy Zacky, hoy, hoy, hoy. And then you drink. Okay. Yeah. All right. And it means this is good. This is like cheers to friends. Drink, drink, drink. Okay. Yeah. We're going to start doing that in restaurants. Yeah. Zika just zacky. so you know. I know. And people say Ziggy Zaggy, and it's not that. It's Ziggy Zaggy. It's Ziggy Zaggy. But it sounds Zika like. Kind of like Tzatziki. Yeah, it's kind of like Tzatziki. <laughs> but you can say Ziggy Zaggy. I'm not going to push. Anyway, so that's, that's. I mean, there's a lot more happening. There's a lot, like, you know, Bauhaus has an Oktoberfest, and, um, you know, there's plenty of other ones, too. We have a little guide that we put up that one of the interns, uh, Nina, did, and she's got a lot of great things on there. You know, um, Broken Clock, or I think it's Broken Clock Brewery. Uh, Travail's doing the Guile Fest again, which was like their big Oktoberfest, which is all about food. Like, literally, it's 100 bucks to go to that one. And it's just like nonstop German food that you can eat. That sounds delicious. Spetzel, liverwurst, you know, German potato salad, pork shanks, all the things. So I was thinking about that because it is like we get I want to know what you're cooking on the beer. Right. <laughs> and then last week, Kathy Mays texted me after the show and she's like, do you have a quick sauerkraut recipe, which you do? And I'm fascinated by it. So tell me about it. So I just think it's so funny. And I was looking. I don't have one that I have written. So I have to share you Martha Stewart's, but it's essentially the same. It's the same thing as quick pickling. Yo, it's just like a little bit. But the, with the cabbage, you want to soften it. So basically what we have is a had a green cabbage. You know, the outer leaves removed, so and it's cored and thinly sliced. Mm-hmm. So you just slice up your little, you shave your cabbage. And it's really, you just sort of slowly cook it in distilled white vinegar. That's it. That's how you pickle it. And a little bit of salt. And water. Sorry. And basically, you cover it, and you stir it occasionally until the cabbage is tender. That's it. 30 minutes. And then I put it right away in the fridge. And sometimes I put, for me, I also put in like, you know, mustard seeds. And caraway some, seeds. Yeah, caraway seeds. seeds some those people. kind of things. I just put a couple things in there. I don't put dill because that puts you in the, that's in the wrong space, people. Don't think you're going to pickle it like a pickle, but you want that soury cabbage, you know, flavor. And that's it. And it stays for two weeks. I might do it tonight and make some sausages Yum. and sauerkraut tonight. You know what else is fantastic? I actually did. I'm working on a recipe that I've written and I've cooked it. I just have to publish it. 
you take that sauerkraut and you put it in like your Dutch oven. Yeah. And then you nestle your pork shoulder in that. Yes. yes. You don't even have to brown it or nope. anything. No. Nope. And then rub it with some spice on the top. Yep. And then cover it up. Yep. And put, I usually put a cup of water, maybe two, maybe cider. Because you are maybe braising beer. it? I am braising it. Okay, yep. so it's a braise with the cabbage. Yes. And it depends kind of how watery the cabbage is if yeah. you have to add more water, but right. I usually do. And but then the moisture, I cover, you're right, nestling it in that with yep. the moisture is key. And that's awesome. And then you cover. Yeah. And then what I think I do it like three hours at 275, 300, 325, whatever. It's low and slow. Then I can't remember what I, I'll have to look. You take the cover off and then you take the cat or the pork out and you have the cabbage now oh, and yeah. you've got the liquid. And then I make a uh, copetkia. Yeah. which are these potato dumplings, and you put the dumplings in that, that leftover brothy, sauerkraut. That's got a lot of fat in it now. Yes, and sometimes if there's too much fat, depending on you your wanna... pork shoulder, sure. I will skim off the top. Okay. But a lot of times I don't have to. It just depends on the cut of pork shoulder. Sure. If you're buying a good one, like from a good butcher, you're going to have to do it. But if you're yeah, some you of these the like fat, grocery yo. store ones that aren't super fatty, yeah, you're no, fine. Don't, well. And then you cook the... Dumplings in, in the fatty, sauerkrauty, briny stuff. stuff. Yeah. And then you can um, put your dumplings in a bowl. You so then you cook pork. them for how long? What are you, what are you putting the in The dumplings? There? Yeah. So you put them back. You, you nestle them in the it's thing like and you cover it back minutes. up. Mm-hmm. And you stick them in the oven again. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like 350 or something? Yeah. Like and 20 then, minutes. And then you pull them out for 20, like 20 minutes. You pull them out. And then what do you, do you just like serve them with the pork? And, yeah. And do you have like sauce or anything on there? No, no. the sauce is, is all the, the stuff that's been cooked stuff. in. If you yes. want sauerkraut, I've served it with sauerkraut or not sauerkraut, well, I mean, um, horseradish. Yeah. And you could do a horseradish cream if you were fancy. Yeah. So, okay. Dude, this is when, so I also have a couple things for pretzels. You know, if you want to make spetzel or if you want to make little pretzel bites, I have a couple of recipes for those that I will put onto the page because Yum. I think that's fun. I think that's fun. Yeah. I love it. For sure. All, all right. right we'll be back. We'll be right back. Hello, Weekly Dishers. Spring is sprung, and that means the best-tasting wild-caught seafood is available from Sitka Salmon. You may have heard us talk about Sitka Salmon before on the show, and that's because we are huge fans. Sitka Salmon standards for quality are unrivaled in the industry because, you see, Sitka Salmon is a community-supported fishery. The fish they process for you to eat are caught by a collective of small boat fishermen, fisherwomen, and families. Some of these families have been fishing for multiple generations. And knowing the boat your fish comes from is not typical of most fish you buy. When you buy a Sitka salmon share, you're getting the freshest quality fish you can, and you can trace the fish back to its source. With your share, you're part of the Sitka family, and you get monthly fish shipments of salmon, lingcod, crab, tuna, halibut, and you get the freshest fish while it's in season. They even have recipes, but I've been steaming my cod in my Instant Pot. The fish is so delicious, you don't even need to do much to serve it other than cook it and eat it. So Weekly Dishers, here is how you get your $25 discount for the first month of a premium Sitka salmon share. Type SitkaSalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. So save $25 on your box. Again, type Sitka, S-I-T-K-A, SalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. Can I just tell you how much I like this song? Boom, boom, boom. What about it's like Ellie like King Miranda Lambert? Yes. And have you heard this song? No. Oh I mean, my gosh. Okay. So there's a thing called your inner child that yes. when you are in recovery or you're in therapy with your family, you like are supposed to connect with your inner child and 
my family has written books about the subject, but my inner child is five and she's so noisy and she has like pigtails and she's dirty, like Pippi Longstocking. And she just, it like that song of just like, don't tell me what to do. I'm going to do what I want and I'm going to eat the cake and I'm going to have 10 pieces of the cake. It's like, I feel like my inner child is shouting at me when I hear that song. Yeah. Which is a very... Uh, weird window into Stephanie Hansen, but welcome. There you are. That's what this segment's about. There it is. Okay, Stephanie, there were a couple of things that happened on my road trip that I just want to tell you about. Okay. One is <laughs> I brought some tomatoes with me <laughs> and I cooked them. And the whole time I was cooking the spaghetti on this like open campfire, all I could think about was <laughs> your face just like... Are we going to talk about tomatoes again? Are we still talking about tomatoes? And I just howled with (laughs) laughter and it happened two separate times. So just know I was panicked because the last day we had some tomatoes left and I was like, Kurt, I cannot leave these behind. I worked too hard for them. We have to eat them right now. Um, Okay. (laughs) The other funny thing that happened. (laughs) I... We I went, just this, this picture of you two standing outside the van, thinking about and you, like, and being like so sad that you're eating the tomatoes like forcibly. You're like oh, the last oh, of the oh, sauce. Like, oh yep, my god. Yep. 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 Anyway, um, we had okay. I, I mean, Aspen is a magical place, and only rich people live there. True, and it true. is gorgeous, and the restaurants are great, and it's this beautiful city with the John Denver Sanctuary full of amazing flowers. And then, like, you step two blocks outside of the city, which is small, and you're hiking. Like, the whole thing is just great. So we're hiking, and we're in this mountain, and it's a pretty rigorous hike up to this glorious meadow with all these aspen leaves turning. You just can't believe, like, a place like this exists. And then you hike two miles down, and you're back in glorious aspen. And we're walking, and we're trying to find something to eat, and I'm starving. Yeah. And we see this just... French bistro that is literally carved out of the side of a building and a sidewalk. And it it's like only in Aspen. Like yeah. you feel like you've entered this brasserie yeah. antique store, sure. but it's literally just a sidewalk with props. And it, it, I can't even describe how cute and quaint it was. And yeah. I was like, we are sitting right here right now. Yeah. And Kurt was like, well, and I was like, no, 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 you, you don't understand. We, we are sitting sit down. down. I am just going to have a glass of champagne and we're just going to sit down. So we sit down and of course this woman's French and the other lady that's there that's working there. Her dog keeps wandering around and greeting all the customers. I mean, it's like you're in a Paris French bistro, but it's on the sidewalk of Aspen and it's, you know, 70 degrees and lovely. And we just hiked six miles. And so the menu comes and I open it up. And I'm looking at like the salad and Kurt's like, well, I just want a burger. Keep in mind, my husband can barely taste. Yeah. So he's like, like, find him the protein. Yeah. He's he's like, I can't really taste. So I'll just get the burger. And I look, I'm like, well, it's a Wagyu beef burger, Kurt. It's $42. He's like, is there anything else? And no. And he's panicked that if he eats something else, it'll have wine in it because he's got a wine allergy. So I'm like, just get the burger. It's fine. Yeah. So he gets the Wagyu beef burger. I get like this salad with salmon, which was also delicious, but had a beautiful glass of champagne and it was just the most civilized thing in the world. And the burger comes and I have to say, like, it was good. Of course it was good. It was super buttery. 
but like the brioche bun was also so excellent. Yeah. I couldn't decide. Like, is this the bun that's making this burger so good or is it legit the burger? And I mean, Kurt had no no ability he was to just tell. Like, yeah, but he was happy with it. Yeah, just wolfed it down. I would tell you that it's like a thing about the beef, the wagyu, that we've almost gotten into a place where you kind of are supposed to, you almost your expectations are sort of out of whack for it. But it really does. It really is a really nice, high quality form of beef because of the fat. And so if they cook it right, like that fattiness that goes into the beef, like that it should be, and it sounds to me like a French place in you know Aspen is going to do it correctly. They did. Then they get a good sear on it, and then you get, then the fat stays in, you know, and it kind of doesn't, and it can, it's contained in the beef, and that's beautiful. And then I felt like, okay, is this because in the Midwest, as a rule, we're just completely spoiled because we have pretty good beef, and Colorado a lot of the restaurants are adding. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But I mean, I, I'm talking about Wagyu in particular. Okay. And, oh, I and see like in the Midwest, you know, a lot of people, they put bacon and they're putting butter and they're amending their beef with fats. I can't say that it was it was great. I loved it. But like, am I going to have a forty two dollar Wagyu beef burger ever again? Probably not. Um, I will just tell you that I this I, I posted a picture of the Brissant, I which I think we'll talk about later, maybe. But I wanted to tell you that I went the, the part of that that I didn't really expand on is I went to buy beef, ground beef at Jay Morton's in Edina, which is they sell this Wagyu that you're talking yep. about. But they also sell and they have actually I bought some a couple frozen patties of Australian Wagyu. And so I have that, which is they say next to Japanese, it's the best, like better than the American Wagyu. OK, so I have a couple of patties of those frozen in my freezer. But you can buy, they have dry aged ground beef where they've ground up their dry aged meats. And I got to tell you, I just made some regular burgers with those. And I had them, I had two burgers left and they were in the fridge and I ate them this week, just cold out of the fridge. And they were delicious. And I was like, wow, this really is a different level of beef. It just is. Okay. Well, I'll be curious when you cook yours, what your thoughts are. The Wagyu yeah. ones. Yeah, I will. And I have to figure out, I, I have to, I have to, I'm not going to grill them. No, you're going to cast iron skillet them. Yeah. And I actually had a cast iron plank that I was working with, you know, like a griddle top. Yep. And I had that super high heated on the grill, you know, like up to 700 because my grill is like a jet engine for some reason. And then I did like a fat sear but i didn't have the right utensil and i i had some i had some mishaps and so i'm excited to go back and do it better okay so i'll, I'll report back when i do that i've got utensils up the wazoo if you'd like to borrow Listen, something i no, but here's the <laughs> thing is like what happened to my smash spatula who knows it's not in any boxes it's it that's it's what not happens in any, when you move no I know, drawers stuff just... i've looked it i've looked i have like some boxes left but they're all books yeah but like where would that have gone? Why didn't it make it with all the other stuff? I don't know. I lost my tongs for about oh six weeks, and then I found them on the Jason like, Show set. And this is like <laughs> this is like a twenty-year-old spash spatula. Oh, I'm sorry. No, unless Jake took it with him, but I, I don't know. think he did. I don't know. All right. Anyway. I ate two other things I need you to know about. Uh, Do it in Las Vegas, off of the Strip. There's a place they call Chinatown, and it's very large. It's yes. just row oh, Vegas, upon yes. row of strip mall, Chinese, Asian, Korean yeah. restaurants. Mm-hmm. My friend took me to this place called Somi Somi. Yeah. What they did first was said, you picked from four kinds of custard. And they put a lump of custard in a, imagine like a froyo bowl. Yeah. Okay. Lump of custard. Then they asked you what kind of ice cream you wanted. And there were like 12 kinds. He picked some kind of green tea. I picked salted caramel. So you get the swirly ice cream. Okay. 
then they throw dust over it. And you can pick from six kinds of dust, like uh, Oreo cookie dust, crumbs, cereal dust. Yeah, but it was dusty. Do they dusty. call it dust? No, oh. but it's like dusty. <laughs> it was not crummy. It was dusty. It was cool looking. Okay. Then you pick the kind of macaroon that you want. Oh. And so then they hand you this macaroon. The whole like experience of this Korean like high, I don't even know what they made the ice cream out of because it was creamy like high fat, but it didn't leave that just kind of gross coating in your mouth. The whole thing from beginning to end was so amazing. And you could also, we didn't do this, but you could get your ice cream in a hollowed out like waffle fish. Yeah. That's what, remember left-handed rabbit used to do Right. So it was just this really sweet, cool, fun, delicious. I've never had ice cream where you reach, you put your spoon in and then you can also get custard too. Like it was like pudding custard. Oh, oh. It was weird. Yeah. But delicious. Okay. So that was awesome. So that was called Somi Somi. The street food in the Asian countries right now. Like I have a friend who was in Taiwan for a while and he came back. He's like, you have no idea what they're doing over there. He's like the Taiwan, Taiwanese street food that should be marketed over here. Unbelievable. Okay, this is the next one. Okay. The next place was called, I have to look, it was called um, something cheese. Cheese, it was a hot dog that on the same stick as the hot dog was a hunk of cheese. Do you want to know that you can get those here? You can? Yes. Okay, because it was... It's They call them the K-Dog. They call them the Korean K-Dogs, I think. This place was Crunchies. Crunchies. So they took this battered or this hot dog with cheese on it. Then they battered it. Yeah, it's a corn dog situation. Yep. And then they rolled the batter in panko. Uh And then they fried it like upside down. Like you. Like a corn dog. You dip it. It had a little holder. Yep. And then it came out and they had kewpie mayo or they had tomato. There was a line out the door for this thing. Yep. And um, people were just crazy about it. They, Kirk got one that was black squid ink. Yep. That instead of being rolled in panko, they rolled it in sesame seeds and then fried it. Yes. So it was the batter and then the sesame seeds. It was just, I thought you would you would have high appreciation for these. I do. And I'm trying to find it for you because I think that it's, I know that they have them here. It's like, there's a food truck that has it. Um, and the funny thing is, is like, I saw, you know, I watched the... The YouTubes of the street. Yes. <laughs> this is, I thought of you the whole time. I was like, this is right up Stephanie's alley. And so I totally have that in my, and I, it's, they call them K dogs, I think sometimes in America, but it's this Korean corn dog. And the idea behind it is like that it's a stick of cheese with your hot dog in Pretty your corn dog. And yep. it's like, but it's super crispy and good. I know there's at least one food truck who does it, but I think Bap and Chicken does it on certain. Uh, certain weekends or certain special days. I think Jay Hovland basically had one the other day and he okay. had it on his TikTok. So we'll keep an eye out for that. But that's like, that's one of those things that I have on a huge list on my, in my office of things to go find. Locally. And like I I was, well, I, I, I guess when I was on this trip, I kept thinking of like, this is a state fair food. This could yes. be a state fair food. If like we, for whatever reason, the state fair was so on my mind. Well, because you had just left it, really. I think so. But and honestly, I wanted more. But I and think didn't about that it. when I watch that YouTube, I literally like, why is no one doing this at the state yes. fair? Because these are inventive and delicious. Not just like, oh, let's put some bacon on it or like let's dip it in sriracha. There's so many great thoughts and theories and like, why don't you put a cheese stick in with your hot dog? And it tasted excellent. Yes, like I why couldn't can't watch we get my 
my husband eat it because it was disgusting because the cheese trails. Oh, my God. I love it so uh, much. I was like, I can't even watch you. But it looked delicious. So I was thinking about you on the trip. Good. One last quick thing. Okay. If you are traveling and you are either you go to a cabin, you're on a sailboat, you're in a car, wherever you are and you need your own spices. Yeah. I have these little spice cups that I take with me on the road and I broke them because I dropped it on the ground and a bunch of them broke. Yeah. So I have to reorder them. But they're amazing. Like I can't go without Heather's dirty goodness for two weeks. Yeah. And I just load up my spices before I leave my house and I take it with me. Little shakers. Because it's a lot. It's too much. Yeah, because I usually have like a curry. I need a hot one. I need other dirty goodness. I need a 112 seasoning for steaks. So like, it's, a, like it's a pack. Almost yeah, like a pill and box. they all twist together. So it's like one big roll of oh, my spices okay. in 10 little compartments. And I dropped it, so I got to buy a new one. So I'll put that link up because I was like, if I didn't have this, life would be... Because a lot of times I'm just rubbing meat. That's all we're eating is rubbed protein. Right. So For sure. All right, that's okay. a little just about what happened on the trip. We're going to have the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, 651-641-1071. When we come back, if you have any questions or you know where you can get a K-Dog, we'll be right back. All right, we're here for the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, 651-641-1071. We'll take your calls live on the air. We're going to start with Roberta. Hello, Roberta. Hi there, Stephanie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? What did you want to ask about today? I just wanted to know uh, how much vinegar am I supposed to use for the cabbage for to make the sauerkraut? Oh, hold on. Let me pull this up. You because know what? I'm it's... visually impaired. I can't read. I can't read the screen. Oh, right. <laughs> so... Okay. So it just says half a cup of distilled white vinegar. So you just okay. use a half a cup of that. Throw in like a little tablespoon of salt, and then do a, a cup and a half of water. Okay. Sounds good. And then also, I just wanted to let you guys know that on West 7th Street by Western and Michigan, by um, we're having our festival, and oh. we are going to have Booyah down there. <gasps> oh, we're talking right. Booyah! I'm so excited! <laughs> yeah, we're going to have, our, it's called our Czech and Slovak Day Festival, It's and it's right on the corner. You won't miss it. Okay. And, um, we have folk dancing groups and Czech, Czech and Slovak foods down there. When are you tomorrow. doing that? Tomorrow, tomorrow, um, in the from eleven to four. Okay. Okay. We were just talking about Kopetkia. Okay. I love it. Yeah, and like I say, is that I, uh, we have another buya. We have it always in the second weekend in August in Pine City, and we do three kettles, three kettle, fifty gallon kettles. Wow. Yum. Outside. So we've sold out of all the booyah all the time every year. So okay, oh my God, I love it. Thank I you. I do have some in my freezer. So if you guys want, taste our booyah. Oh, oh my Roberta, God, thank so you. Exciting. We appreciate it. All right, uh, thank you guys very okay. much. Have a great day. You Thanks. too. Uh, we're gonna take Cindy as our next caller, and she's got some questions about cabbage. Hi, Cindy. Oh, hi. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. My parents, my German mother, used to when I was a little girl make. Um, it's cabbage, and I, I, I'm pretty sure she put milk in it. Oh. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Like um, like a milk sauce. Oh. It could be just There's like a white sauce. Cabbage in milk yeah. recipe. I just pulled this up from uh, the New York Times, or Times okay. Food. I guess that's not the New York Times. But it says it's, they well, that's it calls it an Asian recipe. That's interesting. Oh, okay. I know. Not to be completely weird, but you know what comes up when you Google cabbage and milk? What? Uh-huh. Apparently, there is an old 
remedy for reducing the hardness of engorged breasts when you're breastfeeding. Mm. You put cabbage leaves on them. How about that? (laughs) I know, not to like sidetrack everyone, but I was just so shocked. Okay. Um, Yeah, I just remember her stirring it and make, and it was. I mean, this. Yeah, there's one that's that says cabbage and milk, and it just says heat the milk in a saucepan, which is, and it's then it's like add four cups of the shredded cabbage and lemon Uh zest, and cook about five minutes. And then stir occasionally and then just remove from heat. I mean, it's just cooking it in cabbage. So so milk and cabbage, and I think she put butter in it. I would, oh, of course. Yeah, I would think so. Have you ever okay. had uh, two Cindy cabbage planks? No. So no. you just cut the cabbage like an inch and a half thick, right? So okay. a big slab of it. And then you rub olive oil on the top, put kosher salt, and then you put it in your oven at high heat, like roasted at 450. Oh. And it gets sort of brown and caramelized and crispy on the top. Oh, I'd love that. And then it's just, I mean, you can just eat it like that. You could put butter on it if you wanted. You could add other seasonings if you wanted. But it's just so delicious, really quite healthy, because if you're just using salt and olive oil, and it's just crispy and delicious. Okay, wait, I have an update, too. I just found that Amy Thielen, the new Midwestern Table cookbook, one of our favorites, she has a milk cabbage recipe in there. Okay. Oh, okay. You should go find that because her stuff is amazing. Okay, I will do that. Yeah, for um, some, you know, some of my garden turned out, but my cabbage turned out beautifully. Oh, yes, it was it. a great so, year oh, for yeah. cabbage. Oh my god, her recipe is all about butter, garlic cloves, unsalted, you know, whole milk, rosemary, and cabbage. You should do this one. Okay. I'll put I'll put it on our Facebook page because okay. it's pulled up right here. Okay. Okay. Sounds real good. Thank you very much. Okay. okay. Fun. 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 Yes. Uh, okay, we have another caller. Okay. Mary is on the line. Hi, Mary. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Super what good. can we help you with? I'm a diabetic, and I can't have a lot of salt. Okay. And I'm trying to make a tasty chicken soup just broth. And I can't get the combination right that tastes good. Any suggestions? Well, are you using, like, are you starting with the chicken, the poaching the chicken and doing it that way with the real meats? No, I bought the chicken broth with no salt. Okay, that's, I think, your issue. So if if you want to use, and if you want to use your chicken broth with no salt, you can poach your real chicken in that. Okay. That's going to give you that fattiness and that flavor of the real chicken. And otherwise, okay. I would also say that if you're if you're taking broth and you just kind of want to amp it up, I would just simmer some onions and garlic, plain onions and garlic in there, and maybe a couple herbs, like a rosemary stalk. That gives you that flavor that you're looking for, that gives you kind of a boost, that then you may not miss the salt as much. You know what I mean? Yep, I do. Thank you very much. You're, you're welcome. welcome. I think dill, too, in chicken noodle soup is really good. Yeah. Just I just fresh think the broth of, dill. like, you got to, like, soak your good stuff in it. You do. You do. So that way. Anybody else? Uh, I think maybe one more person. Not sure. But if we have another person, we'll take her. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. It's fun. The cabbage talk is, like, one of those things I think when people... They're either scared of cabbage. I mean, I ate so much bad cabbage in my life that it's like I kind of got scared of it for a while. And I sauerkraut to me wasn't cabbage. It's not the same. But I never really made sauerkraut until last couple of years, I think. Well, and red I mean, cabbage. And we haven't even it. started on red cabbage. 
I know. Like that's a whole nother category animal, right? of apples and Oh god. See, and that's the thing is like a good raisins or like I'm craisins. literally thinking if I do this quick slaw tonight and then I'm gonna throw some apples in there and then do it as almost like a next to put it on top of brats and onions and apples and cabbage. That's all you need for a slaw. And then whatever you have left over, you just throw in your instant pot with yeah. Whatever pork you have. I know. I might have to do that, too. I'm craving pumpkin soup and Are pumpkin you? things. Yeah, I'm getting ready. I'm going to work I'm, on a pumpkin cookie situation. Okay. I'm definitely walking towards my potato season. I'm walking <laughs> towards it. I haven't made the potato soup yet, but it's coming. It's, and kanji can't be far behind. Oh, listen. Oh, I've already <laughs> talked about kanji with my brissant girl. She's going to make me some that she knows. And I talked about it. I had this beautiful dinner at my friend Megan, who's from Hong Kong, and we talked kanji with her and she's gonna i mean i'm in okay the kanji season has started it has started all right we're gonna take a break we'll be back with you